You're listening to WDW Tales, a glimpse of the Central Florida theme parks from a cast member's perspective. WDW Tales, behind the name tag. And now your host, Justin Stone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WDW Tales. I'm your host, Justin Stone. Now, I've worked all over the theme parks. I've visited the theme parks numerous times. I've even discussed theme parks at length um, in in podcasts and uh, panels and what have you. And, and I think every time uh, I talk about my experience with Disney or any theme park, it always comes back to the music. Now, being a musician for a very, very, very long time and a Disney musician, I have a soft spot for music at the theme parks. And I would argue that out of the entire experience, music is really the element that sells the emotion. You could take your favorite ride and think about what would it be like without the music? What would it be like if there wasn't a Broughton or Mencken or, or uh, Russell Brower, Richard Bellis, uh, Buddy Baker, uh, the Sherman Brothers, John Debney, George Wilkins, so many composers. What would it be like if their vision wasn't attached to that attraction? It would sound hollow. It would sound empty. It might sound devoid of emotion. At least that's the way I look at it because to me, the emotion comes from what I'm hearing. I will always, always sit around uh, an attraction. If I like the music, I would, I'll just sit and listen to the music. Helen's uh, Energy Adventure, listening to the music outside of that attraction uh, or Horizons and listening to that theme music. Just when I was a little kid, I remember the ed- entrance to Epcot. I would sit over to the side of Spaceship Earth and just listen to the entrance music to that like 28 minute loop because it just eked so much emotion. There was really nothing attached to it. You didn't know it was it was associated with anything. Like like a lot of times, um, music is used from specific movies or whatever uh, to to be replayed in front of an attraction or, or a restaurant or whatever. But back then, music was really created for the attractions, and I loved it. I loved to sit and listen to the music. Now, don't get me wrong places like Hollywood Studios or MGM as I call it they did such a great job of taking existing music and adding it to the theme park element but that met the theme right that was like the it was Hollywood it was about movies so it was natural to um to pull existing music like music from the Rocketeer and uh, City Slickers and Funny Girl and The Great Escape and even Harry Potter in the, in the early 2000s which I thought was kind of odd so that was I always kind of gave it a pass because it wasn't just like contemporary music it was like really good music scores from all throughout the years and then you get into the Brown Derby and they took it a little bit more thematically or even Sunset Boulevard and take the old swing music scores uh, that you may have grown up listening to or your parents have grown up listening to or your grandparents listening to and I love all that but 
I really loved music that was created specifically for attractions. I mean, Epcot in the eighties was really like that was, that's where it was at. Uh, and I think so many of us wished we could get an Epcot box set, uh, just because there's so much good music coming from there. But you think of like wonders of life pavilion, which had like, you know, I think it was like Vangelis and Checkfield, like contempor- somewhat contemporary new age artists. But then you get into like the making of me and it's Bruce Broughton and it's this wonderful, just kind of quirky uh, orchestrated piece or the march of, of, uh, of, uh, body wars, or you go to world of motion and the, the entrance, the load ramp has like 20 different ways of it's fun to be free. I mean, these artists, these composers created such iconic and timeless music that we all hear it. And we immediately know where we've heard it. And it takes us back to a time when we were younger <clears throat> Or the first time we may have heard it, and you go, oh, yeah, that's right, I remember that. And I think that that is such an important element of music. If I were to pick, this is going to be a tough one, but if I were to pick my five favorite tracks of all time at Disney Parks, oh, this is a hard one, I would have to say... The first one is the original Epcot entrance music. That's just a great loop. That loop just makes me remember being a kid and going to Epcot the first time in 1982 and walking around for the first time and seeing all these really cool attractions and exhibits. Uh, Then I would say Tapestry Nations is number two uh, for uh, for obvious reasons. Um, I, I loved performing that every single night. And Gavin Greenaway is such an underrated, underrated uh, composer. As much as he grows, he's grown up in the Hans Zimmer fashion, and I am not a Hans Zimmer fan at all, uh, which is very weird for people to say, but or, but it's true. I just that's not really my thing. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to take number two. I'm going to take Tapestry. I'm going to add Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. I'm just going to put those two together because they're just awesome. They're just like the best things ever. Then I would have to go. Strangely, I'd go with uh, Universe of Energy. Or would I go with Ellen's Energy Adventure? I think I'd go with Ellen's Energy Adventure just because of uh, it's Bruce Broughton again, and Bruce Broughton is awesome. I mean, I would even throw like Honey, I Shrunk the Audience load music into there. Uh, then I would have to go, and this is a weird one, but I would go with Impressions of France. And I know those are not uh, those are not net new pieces of music for the attraction, but the way that they were or- orchestrated and arranged by Buddy Baker. It's so seamless. Like you just, you almost know what song comes next after the the one you're listening to because the way it, it gets, it, the way it's played so well. I just love it. I think that's four, right? So what would be my fifth one? Yeah, I think I would. You think I would go to Magic Kingdom, but I, there's really nothing in Magic Kingdom where I'm just like, oh, that music is everything. Um, I'm gonna say. James Horner and Pandora. I'm not a big fan of Pandora. I don't really get the hype of Flight of Passage. I've ridden it a bunch of times and I'm just kind of underwhelmed. But James Horner scored from Pandora and Flight of Passage and Navi Journey, whatever it's called, is incredibly good. And it 
reminds me that there was a time when composers were asked to create net new pieces of music um, purely on spec of the of the park and less about like oh take this Marvel thing and take uh you know take this Pixar thing now of course Pandora's from you know Avatar uh, but the the music he created specifically for the parks I think were were my favorite do you guys have a favorite piece of music I'm I would love to hear if um, you have a chance to share uh, on Twitter tell me what your favorite theme park music is there's so much of it it's so hard to 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 boil it down but I would say those would be my favorite and of course I'm not the only one who enjoys theme park music we talk about it a lot uh, in social media all the time in fact there are musicians who uh, who I speak with all the time regarding theme park music one in particular is tammy tucky you may have heard her or seen her at some of disney events she had put out an album of disney covers and she's currently working on her second album i recently sat down to speak with tammy about her album as well as her favorite disney parks tracks uh from Mm -hmm. the tammy tucky show the legendary tammy tucky hi tammy how are you Hey, yes, to speak to somebody who is in the Millennium Celebration Parade Tapestry of Nations is quite the honor because that's still our favorite parade of all time, our families. We just love that parade and we miss it so much. Wait, thank you. <laughs> it was the best. It was, uh, I mean, working the movie ride was unparalleled, but when you're yeah. a musician and you get cast as a musician at Disney, which sounds kind of goofy to those who don't understand what that means, but then to like get the call from casting and be like, you've got cast in tapestry or Tarzan show or whatever. And, uh, it's a pretty unique uh, and and awesome experience. And tapestry was like none other. I mean, to be at Epcot New Year's Eve, 1999 and perform, it was, it was awesome. I can't even imagine (laughs) the best time in the world. It was really a beautiful, beautiful time of celebrating people and our differences Although, you know, we're all alike in some different way. So that's why I think that a lot of us fondly remember that time and mess it a lot. <laughs> I still keep in touch with a lot of my friends who perform there. And I still remember after we did, we got out of the parade. So our call time was uh, 6 to 9, 6 to 10, something. It was a four-hour call. And we all went to wow. Ale House afterwards. And so it was like oh, we all yeah. we took in the millennium at Ale House with zingers and beer. And uh, <laughs> that was our millennium. Like, Oh, it's a great way to celebrate. Are yeah. you kidding me? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, Wish I could have been there with you guys. I loved your video, by the way, during COVID of everybody coming together and doing the parade in their own backyards with their with their own families now because everybody's grown up and has their own kids. And it was beautiful to watch that. Like I was crying at the end. I was like, oh. This is beautiful. They all are doing such a wonderful job. So it was really lovely to see that. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> insane how many like people really went like the extra degree to like make yes. these like really big puppets. And like all I do is buy a bunch of drums and you know screw them together. And uh, and uh, but some people like took like fiberglass and PVC and fabric. And I was like, oh my god! And then they got their kids involved. And I was like, this thing is insane. And I forgot just what a what an impact that parade had on people. And it's such a simple parade too. You know, there wasn't a ton of fanfare. It was really just a bunch of drums no, no and fabric. No Disney IP characters, just a straight out parade of mm-hmm. 
love and kindness and joy and that's all we i think that's what we need now i wish they would do it i, I was <laughs> told when we talked to somebody who was like a disney cast member who was like a, a lead at epcot maybe two three years ago they had told us that the reason they can't do it is because the parade route is just so clustered mm -hmm. for other people and, and there's just no way to kind of get around it which really stinks because you know you would think that they would find a way to make it happen but i guess it's just too much work <laughs> i wish they would I, I just i thought maybe for like the anniversary the 20th they would just do yeah, like you, you know mexico yes. to germany or whatever it's funny because the the and then we'll get into more music stuff and we won't just harp on tapestry but the <laughs> so they built in mexico germany and Morocco, the three stages of the parade, three routes of the parade, they built these gigantic metal sheds to house the puppets and what we call the RPUs or rolling percussion units. And they're still there. Like I'll run these run oh, Disney wow. events and I'll run, you know, we'll run through backstage in Mexico and like there's the shed. And it, obviously it's, it's held like, you know, probably just merchandise or whatever. But I was like, I remember when that shed went up because I would, that's where I would get on my float. That's where I would like grab my sticks and sign out my, my headset and, and my monitors and all that stuff. And they're still there. It's so funny that uh, they're used differently, but those are the kind of crazy yeah. things that you capture. And it, it's kind of a thing through all, all being a cast member is like you'll run into these old things out of the middle of nowhere and you're like, oh, I remember that thing from 20 years ago. And it's still yes. here. Yes. I, anyway. I miss the masks too because that was like another, another fun thing that kids could, you know, decorate their masks and then have them and wear them while you guys went through the parade and that was just so joyous and I know that they still kind of they don't do the masks now it's like Perry the platypus or the duffy uh -huh. bear or whatever but that was really fun too you know what I mean it really encouraged us kids to kind of go around get a stamp and then show show off our our beautiful mask and I have mine still I just oh that's love awesome <laughs> I recall it had to have been like the first month so I was um the a cast so I was I, I did the parade five days a week and then subs would do uh two days a week and so you would perform and perform and perform and you, you try and like have a little bit more fun with the, with the audience. It was tough being where you were and playing music the whole time. But I remember one time throwing my drumstick to a kid thinking like, you know, like here's your, here's like a, a memory, a millennial memory. And then as I got off my drum float at the end of the parade, like an operations person, like a cast member came up and they're like, here's the drumstick you dropped. And I was like, no, I gave it to the kid. And they're like, oh, sorry. They like yanked it back from the kid thinking oh, I dropped no. it. And I still think oh. of that poor kid who was so excited. And then he's like, I got a drumstick. Oh my yeah. gosh, the poor thing. I got oh. inspiration from that. My really good friend, Frank, used to be a drummer for, so they used to have an actual band in front of the castle. Oh, I remember that. Kids of the Kingdom and all that. And so he played drum set in it. And, uh, I it was there. It was he taught like my drum line at high school, and then I went and visited us at the park, and he was playing. And I remember some kid came up, and he's like, "I want to learn to play the drums." And Frank like gave him a thing of sticks, and he's like, "Thanks, Mister." And uh, and so I was gonna be like that cool drummer, and then this sh shitty cast member like <laughs> grabbed the stick and was like, "Give me that." <laughs> Ready, here of you course go. they would do that. It almost yeah. reminds me of that incident that just happened with the uh, engagement yeah, that's ring. What I was thinking too. Front that's of the right. castle. Yank. Yeah, I don't think so. Not today. There's Not your today. magic memory. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, aside from tapestry, let's talk about music. Um, you know, you, uh, as I can see it in, uh, on social media, that you are equally as passionate about parks music as I am. Um, I'd say there's a, I think everybody is, but I think there's a handful of us that really are. Uh, yeah. me personally, because I've performed a lot of that stuff. Uh, but also I, 
gone to school for music and was a professional musician and like and to me I always enjoyed not to say I didn't enjoy the rides but I always got the emotion from the music like if you if we exactly. go to movie ride for example the if you remember that if anyone does um it seems like <laughs> of course 20 years ago I know <laughs> the you know the lights would go dim the house lights would go dim on on dock the you know the 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 floodlights would come up the footlights would come up and then you know places everybody this is a take and then you'd hear the orchestra starting to get ready and the orchestra you know it was kind of like doing these like um uh recitatives of like the same phrase over and over and over again and uh and then the hooray for hollywood would start and you'd just be like oh my god this is the coolest thing ever or and then uh, you go right into it and then you get these other beautiful pieces that just merge with right. the soundtrack and we i think you were to, you were tweeting about the one scene which is the the um the, the scene with the jewel and i always love that right afterwards yep <laughs> yeah right afterwards and i always yeah. wanted to have that on my ipod to like play <laughs> when there's something crazy going on <laughs> but i always like remember those moments yeah because it really throws you into that into that scene you know what i mean you, you can't do anything without it yeah so yeah <laughs> it's just it's something you don't get anymore. I think the studios really, I, I we I, we all miss the the studios that was. So, but I always wanted to be a tour guide. I love that opportunity of being able to do that. It was so cool. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, I don't know if anybody knows any listeners know out there that I worked at the movie ride. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm not, I don't talk <laughs> you about post it. Post all the time. Yeah, that's great right. Great pictures on Twitter, and thank you for sharing some of them because I did. Uh, a great movie ride reunion with yeah. some Imagineers back in January. And I used some of your pictures and they thought that they were like, you know, they were, they were great. They were like, Oh, this is so cool to see these behind the scenes pictures. Cause they haven't seen it in years. So they really appreciated that. I keep meaning to hound you on that because I've been, since the ride closed, I've been working on uh, a documentary of the great movie ride. But not the oh. not of like the ride like it was built in 1989 and whatever it, it's the angle is like this the cast members so the people who worked the gangsters and the tour guides and all that stuff but I would love to um, to also get some of the folks who concepted and wrote like I, I I know quite a few of them but in the same sense I don't know all of them um, so we should just connect offline too and see if. Of course. Are you kidding me? They would be thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they would be thrilled. <laughs> so let's kind of segue to park music, uh, which I keep trying to do. <laughs> Sorry, I keep going off on tangents too. It's fine. It's fine. It's a podcast or four, right? It's people talking about things. So when we talk about theme park music um, yeah. and how I was saying, like, it is just that that's the thing that really gets me. Um, not even just Disney, but Universal is why I worked there for a long time. As you and I had mentioned offline, I worked at the recording studio at Universal. So I worked on a lot of the ride music and I worked on all the parade music and all that stuff. And um, there's always some kind of like emotion I put behind each of the, like each of the tracks to, to make yeah. it feel like a little bit more connective. For instance, like I've talked about this on Twitter, when I had to do the sight and sound music for Amity Island at Jaws, area for universal yes when i was handed the project the the brief was basically all right now pretend this is amity island the weekend that jaws happened like you go back in time to 1976 i think i think it was 1976 
even though like the rest of the theming of like operations or food or whatever didn't adhere to that, but that's what creative adhered to. So the music that I selected was all music before July 4th, 1976. So you won't hear a track that nice. happened after that, which no yeah. one else will pick up on. Um, but those are the kind of things that I always like wanted just to make sure that it fit the, the area so well. Um, yeah. And the reason I bring it up is my, I guess my question to you is, is there a track? Is there a place that you visit at the parks? Is there something, even when you put your headphones on and go for a run, like you go, I listen to this track for a reason and I know that there's a special thing behind it. And mm-hmm. maybe it's just to me. Maybe it's not so overt, overt to everybody, but, uh, you know, I know whoever penned it or edited it or sang it knew like it was where it was being fit was like the perfect place. For, for us, for my family, we always love that little section with the lights on the ground at Epcot, right next to Interventions. Mm-hmm. And there's that beautiful Interventions loop. Um, I, I it, They bring it in, they bring it out now because of the whole reconstruction area. But when it used to be the fountain and that quiet little section, that was the music that I always would gravitate towards. Especially when I think about it, I'm like, that's the Epcot music that I think of the background loop that I love and I love playing another one is a park that I haven't been to yet but I like I when I listen to it I dream of being there and I'm like okay I I can kind of picture it it's um at the Walt Disney Studios Park at Disneyland Paris Mm. and they have this beautiful hour and a half of um it's the nighttime loop by the way there's two loops daytime nighttime but it's the nighttime loop and it has music that starts out from James Bond and then goes to different types of films and then ends with I could have danced all night from My Fair Lady. So it's just, and that I I cannot wait to when I can actually go to the park (laughs) and sit there and hear it or dance around to it because I'm going to be like, ah, I listen to this all the time. So those are are two ones that I play a lot Uh on my computer and my iPhone. (laughs) So would you say one is more nostalgia? uh, Like reminds you of your family going there and then the other one is just like pure love of music. Yes, pure love of music and movies. Uh, yep. Because I, I think I, somebody had said, I, I, I believe it was somebody online, I can't remember who, it was an Imagineer who created that loop for the Disney Studios one. And I remember him like posting about it. I can't remember his name, but um, I just thought, oh, what a great job he did. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the loops that they used to have in front of the great movie ride, too. Yeah, those were my favorite. I was actually going to say, for, I'm a, a similar way. Like, for me, the nostalgia is uh is like the old universe of energy yes like like yes. early 80s like i'm a drummer so i'm gonna like people may not get this but like the drums were o- were concert toms they were open toms which means they don't have heads on the bottom so they have this really kind of in the air tonight phil collins kind of sound to them uh, yeah. everything's recorded in mono so it feels kind of muffly and vintage that and the old communicord loop um but then to your point about like the like music that I just love music. And it's so funny because I, it, I, I like, I'm very much like would love to hear actually like, composed music for the location, like opening, like entrance to Epcot, like early Epcot's um, unbelievable. But yeah, I, I, um, I guess working at Universal and having to work with like artists and composers changed my skew a little bit, but Mickey Avenue at the studios used to do something similar like the movie ride where it was like the Rocketeer, Nightmare Before Christmas, Funny Girl, um, uh, city slickers. Gone with the wind. Yeah, right. 
all of those things, the great escape so they had you know these old movies and these new movies these classics but the way they were woven together was so perfect and i remember one time i was leaving the movie ride and you had to basically you could go out the front entrance like where guests come in to go towards wardrobe or you could go out the back to mickey avenue um and it was late i think for some reason I had to stay late. It was the end of an event or something like that. And I was like the last gangster or whatever. And it was just me on Mickey Avenue and the nightmare before Christmas music was playing. It just, the way it like it bounced off the buildings. I just, I it like closed my eyes and I can hear it perfectly. And I'm just like, man, like how those moments. It... Yep. And it's, people have it's... no idea. Like they know sometimes what they're creating and how it's going to influence or impact people. And Yes, they have no idea. I, the Imagineers have no clue. And I'm actually glad that the Imagineers do uh, usually make something that's longer than an hour because I'm sure when cast members have to stand there and listen to it, uh-huh. <laughs> they don't want the 15-minute right. <laughs> loop. Yep. So I'm sure that they appreciate that. And I, uh-huh. and I think that that's another way of showing that not a lot of that is happening nowadays when the new attractions come out and around that area. I don't even think I heard anything while I was outside the Mickey's railway ride. I was outside and waiting for like 40 minutes and I didn't hear any music at all, which that just popped into my head, which is weird. Oh no. I, well, you were just there. I heard it was like, but it was like Muzak version of Disney movies. It was, I didn't hear anything, but maybe it's because I was on the side I have no idea. Even when we were coming up in the front, I didn't hear anything. It's nowhere as good as what it used to be. But oh, going, no, no. going to your point about the cast members standing up front. So uh, another funny, not funny, but a story is, so when I did at Universal, I had to do this, the background music update for New York Street. So mm, everywhere yes, from... Yes, I saw you tweeting about that. So it'd be from basically Twister um, or Jimmy Fallon all the way down to basically Louie's Restaurant the pizza place. So the Carl Lemley yeah. statue and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So there are three distinct facade, like areas. There's like kind of more of the metropolitan where Ghostbusters was and Jimmy Fallon. It feels a little bit more metropolitan. Then we kind of get to what's called Sting Alley, which is like the 1920s. And then there's a 1940s area. And I wanted to do point source, which basically means I wanted to have speakers stop in specific areas and play specific period music in that area only. But I, yeah. I wasn't able to do that. So, I, But I basically, what I did is, since I used to work in attractions and I knew how much it sucked to hear music over and over again, I was thinking about the people who worked at The Mummy or people who worked at Twister at the time, um, out in Finnegan's, having to hear that music. So I picked, I, I picked uh, strategically picked music that was older so it didn't, ha- it didn't have a shelf life, you know what I mean? Like nothing was like, like Men in Black is all like contemporary music from like 1994 and then you get really tired of it. So, and I picked songs that didn't have a lot of lyrics or anything like that or stuff that was a little bit more swingy. So you could like feel like if you're moving strollers, you kind of want to move a little bit. So I took that all into consideration because I, I knew from the background of working in those environments of how would I, you know, make that person's life a little bit less dreary standing out at greeter. So I'm glad that you, you noticed that because yeah, those are the things, important. you know, that's why music is such a, it's such why it's just, I, I think it's the linchpin of all good theme park experiences. I'm, I'm biased. It, it, but, it is. I, and yeah. that's why I, sometimes I'm like, I question the new attractions. I'm like, well, I don't know. This is not as epic as the universe of energy music <laughs> or the Ellen one too. The Ellen one, I, I really loved like that. 
uh, I guess that eclipsed what the attraction was. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, I still love the attraction. Um, but gosh, that music, like you play that and you're like, Ooh, we're on an adventure. We're ready to yep. go. And it's just unbelievably good. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned an adventure because Bruce Broughton, I, I say is the king of adventure. Rescuers yes. Down Under, um, Ellen, The Boy Who Could Fly. I don't know if you've ever watched that movie, but he did that. And even yes. that had a sense of um, emotion but adventure to it. And yes. uh, he's like... Cinemagique the, yeah. at, at, at Disneyland right. Paris, yep. which is another favorite of mine. <laughs> he's in my top three. I mean, John Williams is yes. a whole other echelon, but for me, Bruce Broughton and Buddy Baker are like my guys when it comes yes. to... And George Wilkins, of course, because Movie Ride and Horizons and stuff like that. But... Uh, you can you can tell this you know Bruce Broughton has a sound. Yes, He's got, you know it's him. You know exactly that it's him. Yeah, making of me. One of the I think that's the most underrated yes. track of all theme parks. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's it really so is. Good. You're like, right. hmm, yeah. I really wish Disney would release that too because it's 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 a very well made film and I wish there was more information on it mm-hmm. because I've always wanted to interview somebody from it. <laughs> For sure. But I can't find anything. It's like it's really hard. Just right. Martin Short. That is weird, I know. Um, the other track that I was going to mention that I think puts me just in another world without even having to be there is Impressions to France, I think is yes. insane. And the movie it's version, right? Goes Not, to say. Because the album version, they cut so much of out. They cut like yes. a bunch of Ravel out of it. They cut half of like Camille Saint-Saëns out of it. Um, it's, it's probably a copyright issue because yeah. doing my album, that was like a major major thing where if you're doing two different songs you have to pay royalties to both in a different like it's it's all complicated so i kind of understand why they did it but i'm like i wish you wouldn't have been so cheap I know. <laughs> just go get it because it's really beautiful to hear it it is carnival of animals is uh one of my favorite pieces of music and i didn't realize how much i loved it as a kid until like yeah. you know you go through phases where like for a long time, I was like through my like, you know, Pearl Jam Nirvana phase playing in those kind of bands. And then all of a sudden I stumbled back on to like, you know, Eric Satie and Camille Saint-Saëns and Claude Debussy. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the, this is the stuff. It's and then beautiful. the way it was arranged, it's just even the filler music, you know, even those yes. four or five measures in between. Just perfect. It's, it's, it's so it's, good. I'm so glad it's it's back. <laughs> yeah. And I just missed seeing it the the one night I was there at Epcot and I was like, "Oh, I just missed it." Oh. Um, but I I always try to make a point to go see it just for that reason. And and my dad loved the fact that they still had film film. Like it was still yeah. 35 millimeter, and now it's all digital. Um, but that was that was one cool thing that we every time we went back it's like one of the last theaters to still have film <laughs> film so you know and he loved that about the great movie ride because you had the trailers running yeah that's right so yeah (laughs) so conversely is there anything in the parks today or yesterday where you hear music and you go what this is bad this doesn't fit or this just takes me out of the scene or whatever i have a couple um more more older ones than new ones, but I'd be interested if you have anything you're just like, ah, oh, get me out of here. I can't listen to this. This is terrible. That's a good question. Um, why don't you start? Because you might trigger something for me because okay. I, I need to think about this. <laughs> okay. Well, the biggest thing one for me was Rocket Rods. Have you ever heard it? It's like minor key. It's like in G minor. It's really like monotonous. It sounds very, I think it's, it's themed for the ride because it's very like, 
you know, like metropolis type of feeling. Um, but it, we're, we're in, at Disneyland. Disneyland, or, yeah, yeah. I, okay, okay. Yeah, it, it's you can find like I'm sure it's googled somewhere. I think or, I've or, heard of it before. It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> uh, if you go to, I always listen to Utilidor's audio broadcasting, UABMagic.com. That's like the place I always stream music. Um, mm-hmm. They because they have a huge collection of. I mean, I, I've got something. I I've got discs and discs and hard drives of stuff. But if I just have, if I'm at work, I just throw it on and, and listen. But yeah. uh, if you can find it there, is where I'm going with that. But it's just, you listen to it, you just go, oh, it's so, don't ever do a, like a theme park song in a minor key. You know what I mean? It just, it's hot mm-hmm. and everyone's running around. And the last thing you want to hear is like a dissonant tone just to kind of mess with your head. So that's like a big one that I just, I, I never liked. The new stuff in, at studios is, trash um well i don't i don't even recall hearing uh, maybe i i was just not paying attention but i don't remember stepping into the star wars land and hearing any music at all i just uh, hear sound effects going off well star wars there isn't yeah but the parks they change it up so it used to be like like we said before like the great escape and and you know gone with the wind and now it's it's like muzak recordings of disney movies and, and it, you, you know, the thing was, I was in that corner of the animation where the, the magic of Disney animation, yeah, the courtyard, yeah. I was over there and there was nothing playing. And usually it's a Bug's Life and Hunchback of Notre Dame. Well, it used to be that stuff. Life. Yeah. And, and there was nothing playing and it was just really weird. And then when you go into the Star Wars room, there's just really loud Star Wars music just pumping in this one room. And I'm like, I, I was trying to get on a phone call because it was like dead. Nobody's over there. And it's so loud. I'm like, I, I'm just going to go outside and stand. But there really isn't any music. I think that's my biggest complaint now is like, it's just weird. There's just nothing happening and there's no, yeah. you know, although I will say I loved what they did with um, the Pandora area at nighttime. That music and that ambiance is oh, yeah. really really good yeah james horner so so good it was yeah all the stuff was so good um Brilliant. The, other, the other one i was gonna say that um i might get a little flack for it, but i never really liked the dream flight song the delta dream flight uh you know it's it's kind yeah. of starts with like kind of 80s like you know yamaha dx7 synth and then um then it gets into like the 1920s kind of hokey whatever but yes. I really, because I loved, uh, if you had wings so much, that bossa nova. I'm an old soul, and so, like, that bossa nova it's is, beautiful. you know, like, Burt Bacharach kind of feeling, Jack Jones. Yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> if you had wings, and and, uh, and then I listened to Dream Flight, and I was like, eh, it's kind of a little cheesy. But it's not terrible. I'm not like, God, I can't go near it. But uh, it's just one of those things where I'm like, ooh. I, I wasn't a fan of it when I heard it as a kid and when I hear it today. It's like, it's not my biggest thing. Although when I asked people, you know, what songs they'd like to hear on my possible new album, that was one that came up many times, which I was really surprised. I was like, oh, this is interesting. So it does have a it does have a fan base. And I'm assuming it's because a lot of people were there during that time. And it's the sound that they hear. So, um, from Tomorrowland for sure. So, but yeah, it's, it's a, I, I, another one, which is weird. I came, I was walking out of space mountain and there's like nothing. It, it, there's that old hallway that used to be like the, the movable floor yep. uh, that move you up and, 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 and it's just nothing. Really? They updated it. It's so weird. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of, of this up like physical the update that they did is weird and then there's like no music there's music when you come out 
uh-huh. you get off the ride, but then there's really nothing anymore. And he used to have like that. It was like a, a futuristic track playing. I don't know whose it was. I have no idea. Yeah, the speed ramp. It used to be kind of like a starry kind of yeah, you don't ethereal. That. Oh, that's that's Either that or they turned it off. Or mm. I, they just didn't have uh. it working. I don't know. <laughs> unfortunate. So is yeah. there is there a just did anything kind of anything pop up yeah um um i'm not like i I can't think of anything that was like so so obtuse that it was just really standing out maybe at universal when we were you know in the new york area because it just didn't i don't know it, it sounded maybe a little bit too poppy for me but then we went over like i wasn't there for that long because i went over to the blues brothers show but at, at disney world i can't think of anything right, right off the top of my head that was so outrageously you know too much although i like i'm not a fan of rock and roller coasters so when i'm in that area i love aerosmith but it just feels weird that it's there mm-hmm. next to tower of terror oh, yeah. which has this different like it's a different time and then you have contemporary right next to it so maybe yeah. that's my only complaint with that music being played there i would say that if, if anything sure that makes sense i was talking to jim Scholl about that because he created rock and roller coaster and i was like dude it's just it's just in the wrong spot it's it just doesn't <laughs> It's, yeah. you know, that whole Sunset Boulevard is so, this is a riff for a second, but Sunset Boulevard is so romantic, for lack of yes. a better term, right? The 40s, we all, you know, romance World War II era for some weird reason, but that's how it felt. You know, Rosie's Red Hots had a theme, Tower has a theme, even though it was in the 40s, uh, well, kind of 39, and then, like, Rock and Roller Coaster's right there. And I'm, but I think, I think they understood, and that's why they built the gate and the courtyard yeah, it's you know what i mean have its own separate thing going yeah. off yes yeah which I, is best. Uh, <laughs> but i love like the tower q music i loved oh sunset gosh, music so studios it's by far i think has got the best again music. don't know where don't know when all the songs. <laughs> jungle drums is a great song and all of that yeah um actually it's a big when i did halloween horror night stuff i cribbed a lot from tower for that feeling by taking old music like that and then putting it through you know, flange and a little bit distortion and taking all the low end out to make it really tinny and put an oh. ice, isotope on it, which is a filter. And uh, it was a total rip off cool. a tower, but that was, that, <laughs> you know, it, it was a tribute. That's the way I put it. it oh yeah, of course. I, I love anything like that. Yeah. That it, it, it always reminds me of tower. If I hear anything like that. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but I think like, so taking old Epcot, like taking Epcot center out of it, um, mm. because Epcot Center music, I mean, Epcot Center in itself from like 82 to, mm, I want to say 99 because of Tapestry, but really like 93. Um, yes. You know, where so much Before effort was Before the new Spaceship Earth was updated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every pavilion had their own music and it was like, had a real orchestra. Like they put resources against it. I, I would say from that time, that's like the best park music. If you look at it in like in a total abstraction, a fifty thousand foot view, I think Epcot Center collectively, or, yeah, yes. just absolutely hands down. Every track was a banger, is what I'm saying. Yes, yes, <laughs> but, that's right. <laughs> but I think throughout time, I and I'm again super biased to the studios. I think studios really became the park for music. 
you know, like, yes, like, for a while, for so a while, romantic. when you had all those stage shows yeah. as well, too, when you had Hunchback, when you had Pocahontas, when you had, um, well, Voyage, hopefully yeah. it will come back. Um, Beauty and uh, the Beast, but, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, Beauty and the Beast. I, yes, I think you're totally right. And I think that that was another major pool is like an entertainment park um, where, you know, real really cool stuff was happening and and you you had that opportunity to hear it i wish they had more in that backlot tour section where they they showed you i think like some booths i don't remember i'm trying to remember like and they had you know people who were supposed to be tech oh like well they were there adr and voiceover and dubbing and all that stuff yeah that was cool like i wish there Uh would have been more with that but i came like when I came to the parks for the first time it was like 97. So uh, I was just coming, I was just getting there when things were going away, mm. you know what I mean? Um, from the working studio. So, but yeah, I think you're right. I, 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 I and I, I don't think that, you know, animal kingdom has hit that stride because it's so, it's so different. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't think it's hit that level that studios in Epcot have hit. I think you're right. And, I love so for the Animal Kingdom, um, the entrance music is awesome because it's like a lot of Afro pop, Afro Cuban pop, or Senegalese music, or uh, it 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 puts you in the mood for where you're gonna go. At least where when it first when Animal Kingdom was first opened up. Um, yeah. And so I I like that collectively as a park. I would would have loved to you know, have more music there. I mean, to your point, Pandora is amazing. Like the music's amazing. I'm kind of on the, on the area and where it is, but then even like at Expedition Everest, all that like throat music and, and Tibetan music is very, very cool, but it's so yes. kind of pocketed and it doesn't feel like there's a central kind of, you know, yeah, there's like, audio yes. theme. I, like, I know exactly what you're saying, but the studios you walk through and you heard while it was like music from movies, they all kind of had the, they were tied together, aside from like Muppets, but they were all tied together in some way. Actually, actually, I would argue Muppets too, because Muppets Courtyard used to play this music that was kind of like re remixes of like music from the 30s and from the 40s. But they yeah, were, they I didn't were more, hear any of that when I no, was that's, just there. <laughs> that's long gone. But it was like, I don't, do you know Raymond Scott? Have you heard of the guy, Raymond Scott? Raymond Scott, no. Who, who? So Raymond Scott Quartet and the Raymond Scott Orchestra, they created like kind of quirky jazz, I want to say in like the 30s, the 40s. So John Williams' father was the drummer for this, for his quartet. Wow. And they did a lot of like, if you watch like Looney Tunes or anything like that, like they basically licensed all of Raymond Scott's music because it's kind of, it's very quirky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you nice. you've okay. definitely heard I, it. I probably would have recognized it, yes, yeah. because I grew up watching Looney Tunes mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> but uh, so that was kind of like what the Muppets thing was. Their so sound. it was still kind yeah. of like jazzy and instrumental, and still fit with the overall vibe of the park, but still very much leaned into the branding of the Muppets. And that was yeah. nice because you'd walk from there to like New York Street or Streets of America, I guess is what it called before they closed it down, and that had older music hollywood music and then you get to like either back way you go through movie ride or the back way through mickey avenue you get to mickey avenue music you go up through um uh commissary way and you still get that old music as well so it was a nice way that all tied together and uh you just you don't get that at the other parks and i would say that the kingdom is like devoid of any like i can't think of anything that 
where I go, like aside from Main Street, I love yeah. I love the Main Street music. I definitely love that. And at the time when they did it, because again, I don't hear like late at night. One time we did like a run in Adventureland to go get some Dole Whip, and uh, <laughs> at night it was like really late, and uh, we we got our Dole Whip, and then we're just walking past Pat Pirates, and they had the Pirates movie soundtrack, but oh, it wasn't right. just like he's a pirate. It was it was like the dun dun. Didn't, didn't like the one where it's uh, Captain Jack walking and you feel like you're like, it sounds like a drunk piece. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it was so funny because we're walking around dun, dun, and as if we're <laughs> drunk with our Dole Whips. Uh-huh. And I don't hear that anymore in that section. And I thought that that was like brilliant because eventually I needed that because yeah. it needs, it needs like a lot of excitement. It needs a roller coaster. You know what I mean? So like, uh, you know, and that's what we loved when they had that edition. But I think they've, pulled back on the movie like because a lot of people are like the movie you know captain jack shouldn't be in it you know barbosa shouldn't be in the ride blah, blah, blah. Yeah. but what you know i just i, I love that when they added that i thought it added like a little taste you know to give adventureland it's a little you know something something <laughs> did you ever go when jp and the all-stars were there the steel drum band at adventureland yeah yeah they were there for oh god one. i don't remember that at all what, what year did they stop uh, let's see, I, uh, I was working at Epcot by the time they stopped. So I, I, my first job was at Adventureland. So I was like at merchandise right near where they were. And so some iteration of JP from like 1971 to probably like 94, mm-hmm. Oh, I, I was not there. I, uh, I don't remember it. I don't even think I've seen any video footage. Where, where were they placed? Like they just went wherever they wanted or. Yeah. So a couple of places and I don't recall everywhere, but there is. I guess there's a little section where like Captain Jack Sparrow does a thing, not yeah the not, stage yeah. So that wasn't a stage before; it was just kind of a little area, uh, like a nook where they had their steel drum set up, and then they had it closer to before that whole Aladdin monstrosity was there. They were up in front of like Tiki Room, um, and then they were even as far up as what I, it used to be called Island Supply, but it's uh, I don't know what yes. it is now, but it's like that walkthrough to get to Frontierland. Yes. Yes. So they had it there too, or Liberty Square. I don't remember that at all. I would, I'm going to yeah. look it up though after we're done because I'm actually really interested. I, that would be cool to have them bring that back. <laughs> yeah, it's, I want to say it, JP was his name, and I think it was the All Stars or JP and something. But it was a it was pan drums, you know, it was all steel drums and uh, kind of like the Jaminators a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, except you know, <laughs> and those are guys are like my closest friends in the world. <laughs> Some of them, but I, you know what? I'm a, just so glad they're still there. Like yeah. out of everything been cut you know what i mean we joke <laughs> about like <laughs> yeah like, like whose nephew is a janitor that's like their you know uncle is head of entertainment or something like that we joke about it all the time but um <laughs> and great. well it's and they're also they're not third party they're they're literally disney customers they're not like yes. you know peter anthony entertainment or spotlight they hires you know disney hires all of his people to come in and yes. do their thing but um anyways so going back to the magic kingdom so i, I should kind of step back a little bit because i mean the music and all the attractions are iconic haunted mansion thunder mountain uh even the new stuff that was done for hall presidents not this iteration the last one was really good which i think was buddy baker or not buddy baker i think it was michael giancino um but like space mountain like so that stuff is great but i don't know i just i never uh, magic kingdom to me doesn't feel like a music park to me it feels like a carnival you know you can carnival music and but uh I still would argue that I think Studios is like was the music park. 
It was. It was for a long time, and then, you know, we that suddenly disappeared. So that's when I was really excited because originally before COVID, I was going to go over to Disneyland Paris, and I was listening to this music, and I'm like, oh, they still, because I, I was looking it up, they still had it in the parks. I'm like, this kind of sounds and, and feels like MGM Studios, and I was so excited to go, and then COVID happened. Oh, so I, I, I know, I'm, I, but I really want to go over there because apparently it's still playing. So I'm like, okay, hopefully I get over there. <laughs> To, to hear it in person but yeah i don't think the, the other ones near shanghai they don't have a studios park it's only disneyland paris right that has the studio yes, it has a studio okay. yeah uh-huh. okay i just love um to talk about disneyland paris i love phantom manor like i love oh, the way that, so that was nice. that was done i can't remember who did it who that was who that it? was uh john debney oh was it Mm-hmm. i interviewed him about it yes oh that's awesome it's so yeah. like haunting and but beautiful in the same sense. It's not like you know yeah. the haunted mansions here. And uh, and, and Catherine uh, um, uh, Myring, uh, who did the voice of the bride, I I, uh, inter- I interviewed her too, and we messaged sometimes, and she's really sweet, and she did a beautiful job of performing that uh-huh. that piece. And I always was so curious as to why they didn't pull that story plot for the haunted mansion movie. Not that not not saying that I don't like the haunted mansion movie, which I'm one of the few who does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I always was curious, and then when Del Toro was saying I'm going to make one, I was right. like. Well, there. Take what they got, Del Toro. You got to make it, make it really creepy and and you know, gory and grotesque or whatever you want to do with it because mm. that's like that would be perfect. And you still have that music, so I wish. And again, I would. I can't wait to experience that in person, like just mm-hmm. the music. <laughs> There's some good stuff. Um, Tokyo Disney had. And this, I want to segue into this next part, which is like parades and shows. Uh, yes. Tokyo Disney had this show called Meet and Smile. I don't know if you've ever heard that. No, I haven't. No. It's like your stereotypical super cheese front of the castle show. <clears throat> but they, <laughs> the music was really good. And then they have a big band show, which is like mm. insane. With all the old classics, you know, the standards. Um, but I was going to ask you if you taking Tapestry out of this, because it's the greatest thing <laughs> I know, ever. it's like, we already know, wait, we love Tapestry. Yeah. What's the be- best parade? Um, I love Spectro Magic. Mm-hmm. I think Spectro Magic, um, wh- when you put Main Street and Spectro Magic against each other, I feel Spectro Magic, um, you know, is, is a lot more stronger of a parade. And I, it was it was wonderful to see that at night. I don't understand. I have no clue as to why Disneyland gets the light parade <laughs> at nighttime. And Walt Disney World, where there's plenty of people and plenty of space, doesn't get theirs. I have no clue. I, yeah. I don't understand that. And I think that they should bring Spectrum Magic back and just update it a little bit. If you want to put Moana or, you know, Encanto or Coco, you know, come on, let's do it. You know, I I just, I don't understand. But that one is one that really sticks with me. And the Remember the Magic Parade, because I saw that right before it left. And that was a great parade because it brought the children out, like, on the parade route with the cast members. And obviously that can't be done nowadays because of safety. Mm -hmm. So that was unique in that retrospect. And I really miss that one as well. I loved Spectro. This is for someone who, like... Like the my tenure of Disney was smack dab in the middle of like Main Street Electric Parade and Spectro, and then one yeah. would come back, and then one would leave, and one would come back. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what I loved about Spectro is just there was a classiness to it, and I'm talking about mm-hmm. the I, the parade itself, but the music had a 
bit of a it wasn't so much of like a six yeah it was like a almost like a a waltz throughout these different themes and feels where um where uh baroque hoedown i want to say it's in six eight is that right Uh, maybe it's in two four maybe it's in cut time but it just felt kind of like campy you know what i mean it just felt kind of like heavy you know what i mean because it it just kind of yeah i still have a soft spot for it but yeah it's it's not it's not what you would picture like a real a nighttime show sounding because it has to sound whimsical at night you know so yeah (laughs) and i loved um i surprisingly loved uh uh soundsational at disneyland i don't know if you ever saw it I, I heard the music. I didn't I didn't see it online yet, but I love the music. So. It's pretty. I mean, it has a, it opens with a drum line, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. But and it's like hardcore IP, which I'm not. I don't really like. I'm not a big Disney movie person. Um, I like the parks, unless <laughs> yeah. unless the music's really good. Like Rocketeer is like the best, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which Alan Silvestri crushed. But anyways, yeah, the way that it was arranged, I think, was very. It was listen. It was tolerable. It was listenable, and I was like, "Oh, there's some cool stuff in here." Like, the bit, like some of the stuff, like the um, the Little Mermaid segment, Sebastian, and like what the bass line is playing is just very, very cool. Um, yes, I love that part. Yeah. Anything Little Mermaid is really great, but that was really, re- I really loved that specifically. I loved how they kind of played around with it. Yeah. So I'd agree with you. I think Spectro was the one for me. Um, I love the yeah. Mulan parade. I think that that was that was really fun to watch and and what i i have it on my iphone and i love listening to it because of the different arrangements of the songs mm-hmm. and gosh it was i i you know again they don't do that they don't make a parade for a film anymore they used to the hercules parade the mulan parade Toy story all that stuff yeah yes and they don't and they don't do that anymore and i think that that's a bad idea like everybody was like wondering where is the Encanto parade yeah for so sure. you know that that and and so I was kind of disappointed with that decision not to continue that I guess they just didn't want to I don't I have no idea but I remembered that then they added the lights cameras action uh-huh. um a car parade at studios and I enjoyed that because you know you get a different car with different people and the music was really fun and i just uh-huh. love that <laughs> i did too because that felt very hollywood that felt very yes oh, yeah i know exactly what you're talking about that's when um was that for the 40th anniversary 35th it's when that every was for the 100th anniversary the 100th oh, anniversary it? of walt disney oh you're yeah, right of walt disney being born it was like 2001 because the the opening floats included an atlantis float but as soon oh. as lilo and stitch came out that float went disappeared <laughs> And Leland Stitch's float came in. That's you're right. It was a hundred year because that's when Tapestry of Nations became Dreams. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then the whole thing fell apart. But uh, I right. know uh, it's was I didn't perform in Dreams, so I'm Checking not going to sit on it. But I did not enjoy the music or the cuts or anything like that or the weird people in yeah. front. Yeah. Uh, so I want to get to uh, one more thing before we start to start to wrap it up, but. Uh, I, we had mentioned before I pressed record about picking your favorites uh, and what favorites do you like. And so I want to do like a rapid fire, like what Desert Island, you know, one disc, uh, what what I want to hear the five tracks that you would take with you from each of the if you want to do all the like the United States parks, that's fine. If you want to do world, that's fine. You want to do land. But 
I want to hear your five. Just from tracks. the United States, yes. not from not from Paris, okay. not from just U.S. Darn, I was gonna Star- fix it in a chic. No, starting <laughs> okay. with well, because I would in fan illusion, like no problem, but that would have eaten up like yeah. half the disc. I know, so, I know. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start with uh, with Magic Kingdom, Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. Okay, Magic Kingdom, Walt Disney World. You want me to choose five from that or just one? Five. You get five, five. from each park. You get twenty tracks. Oh, oh, 20. Tra- okay, okay. I, I just thought I got five in general. Uh, Magic Kingdom, um, I like the timekeeper theme. Oh, yeah. Bruce um, Broughton, I, terrific. Beautiful. Strong I start. Love it. Oh, <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. It's great. Um, uh, the Tomorrowland Loop from 1994, I really enjoyed that. All right. Um, I love the... Um, I, I love... I do love the Peter Pan's Flight song. Oh, yeah. I, like, it just brings back really lovely memories, so I'll, I'll pick that one. Um if we're going, uh, can I choose the entire score of Country Bear Jamboree? That's, that's, my that's one attraction. Go for it. Uh, I, I'm going to choose that because okay. I just love because it has multiple songs, so I, I'd be able to sing multiple songs. And um, I, I love the Main Street Loop. I'm going to go with uh, the Main Street, just just the Main Street Loop with you know Sunday clothes and Fortuosity. I uh, love that one. The turn so of the century stuff. Day. Okay. Yes. Uh, those are those are incredibly strong. <laughs> I the only one I would argue with is Country Bear. I've always tried to like Country Bear. I've never. I think it's when I was a kid. I think something. You were like, oh no, yeah. oh no, 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 no. I don't like like <laughs> like I don't like bears Corn that stuff. like animals that can be real people. It, like anthropomorphic things kind of freak me out a little bit. And I think that Country Bear like. <laughs> so you don't get... like Splash Mountain? <laughs> no, I mean Country Bear is like super southern, and it's just I don't know what it is, but. Uh... I'm just like, uh. but I do like the part where it's like, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, gaining 30 miles an hour with 30 feet of rump or whatever. He'd never been cornered and he yeah. never like that part's kind of kind of quirky. Yeah, I like that. OK, moving on. <laughs> let's go to let's go to Animal Kingdom, which is a toughie because there's not a lot yeah. of tracks to know. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go with uh, Colors of the Wind when Pocahontas had her stage show. Oh, seriously? Uh, you were, you were the friend. only one who liked that show. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. I was just happy Pocahontas was represented because I didn't even get to see the spirit of Pocahontas stage show at studios, but they did bring Grandmother Willow, the puppet, yeah. over, which I loved. And I love Sprig. I oh, thought Sprig was oh. cute. All right. This is your <laughs> so, your vote. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. So I'm judging. I'm totally judging, but I'm not judging. <laughs> so I'm Colors judging. of the Wind, um, obviously, um, uh, Festival of the Lion King. Um, I loved that. I love that show. Um, I love the be prepared section. So if I had to choose one song, I'll choose the be prepared section of that. Uh-huh. Um, obviously no, I'll give you, I'll give you fe- whole festival of Lion King. Cause that's a great show. Great music. Okay. So you get the whole oh, show. Well, if, if I, if I cheat, I'll just go. Yeah. Um, uh, we loved Tarzan rocks. So the cool. one, uh, again, I'll just choose a song from that. I love Strangers Like Me. Yeah. I love that Jane and Tarzan thing. And I love that in- interlude that plays when the bridge? singing. Yeah, my yes. favorite part. Yeah. Oh, so good. So I remember good. auditioning for that show and on drum set in back, they've got rehearsal rooms back off of Sherbeth Road behind Animal Kingdom and going in and yeah. the full band was there and I had the sheet music and I was pulling out, pulling out. And I knew the music from the show, like from the movie. And then I saw the show once and then I was like, where's that interlude? And it's like, 36 measures of like yeah. sweeping symbols and whatever. And I was like, ah, God, I like got, it was like Jerry Lewis trying to fold a map when I was trying to play. It just was a total train wreck, but yeah, I totally know what you mean. And I love it. I absolutely it's love so that part. Good. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. So, um, I'll, I'll choose that. And then, um, 
uh, uh, hold on, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Um, the, the, the Lord's Prayer, which is sung um, uh, um, during the segment where you're around the flamingos on yep. the Harambe ride. Yep. Um, uh, that was actually one that George Wilkins had found. We talked about that. I remember oh, really? we talked about it. He said, I found that. And he said, I didn't even know what they were saying. I said, they're singing the Lord's Prayer. Um, <laughs> so I, I love that one. I love that piece. And um, there, there was, what was that one thing? We saw the Jungle Book, but I'm not a fan of the show. Um, and Finding Nemo is really beautiful. I do love in, in the, I'll go with Big Blue World for Finding Nemo. That'll be my five. <laughs> that's strong. And that's, it's tough because Animal Kingdom, again, is, you kind of, yeah, you just, you're, you're grasping for, for straws with that one. But yeah, yeah I forgot about, uh, Big Blue World. Uh, cause I was thinking of mine too. And I was like Avatar, Front of the Park, um, all of Everest and the Nepalese stuff, um, Anything that Brutica plays, because Jojo Quo is one of the drummers. Oh, I drummed so with Tapestry. Um, and I, f- I miss them. Me too. And even the um, dinosaur track, uh, James Newton Howard, in front of Countdown to Extinction, or Dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all James I, Newton I Howard, who's a genius. He's also yes. a genius composer. Oh, good. But uh, the whole Nemo music is great. It's all the guys from Avenue Q, right? And Avenue Q is an amazing show if you've ever seen it. And so, Frozen. Uh, they went on to do Frozen after that. Oh, that's that. right. Yeah, Robert <laughs> Lopez. And his wife. And his wife. Okay, we're moving on. We have, we've, we're able to park hop to Epcot. What's the, okay. uh, what's, what's the list? In Barbie's world, from the magical world of Barbie stage show, it's definitely coming with me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that one. Um, the, beautiful in, uh, the beautiful section that plays when you're descending from Spaceship Earth 1994, Jeremy Irons version, when you see the beautiful yep. um, Skyway. I love that track. It's so good. Um, Interventions, music loop, have to. Um, the entire show of Food Rocks. It's oh, my fave. I this, love it. Oh, I'll eat so, it up. <laughs> it's so bad. No, it's not. It's no, so, it's not. I will. We that's junk. That that is a sword. That's a hill that I will die on with a sword <laughs> through my veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit. Like, I grew up a kitchen cabaret, and it was again bossa nova, like old kind of review. You know what I mean? Versus like the new. I'm gonna say it. The tired music. You know, contemporary tired music. I will. I'll battle. I mean, I'm not judging you. I mean, again, I am. But everyone's entitled in this world this weird wacky disney fan world but oh food rocks is so bad oh so bad (laughs) it's so bad it's awful and then there's this beautiful music piece at the end of the norway film the spirit of norway oh yes and i love that piece so i'm gonna go with those five that's very good i didn't think about that one uh, but so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's kind of like the <laughs> nice. Yep. <laughs> like it's, I wish they had released that. And, you know, I tried emailing the original composer and then I found out that he had passed, but I never heard back from his team or anything. So I don't oh. know if that was ever available to purchase or anything like that, but I loved it. Like you couldn't hear it without the, the, the talking and the thing mm-hmm. over top of it, which I really was bummed about because I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh boy. For me, I don't think I can do five. I think I would have to say none because <laughs> there's so many of them that I want. Like, Not the barn like, song from the, the living with the land. No, of course. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm just going through the park, like everything universe of energy, much. everything Ellen, like making of me, even some of the cheesy body war stuff, which is kind of like a March kind of like and goofy. And command score by David Newman. Oh, David very Newman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, 
well, uh, everything in World of Motion, like the entire like load area of World ah. of Motion, who like who says okay, come up with seventeen different types of it's fun to be free, and they're like okay, go for it. Like the oh, la- do it. I can't do Epcot. <laughs> I just can't. There's it's impossible. Or should far. I do this? Should I say go f- <laughs> go for five? <laughs> well, go for five in Future World. Go for five in World Showcase. Yeah, you could do that too. I'd Absolutely. Give, I'd give you that because for me, yeah, tapestries at the top of everything, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Impressions to France is sick. Golden Dream, it's like the original. Canada, I all, love that song. In fact, all the underscore music for American Adventure is killer. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. I wish they would have released. Like, I was able to find, because of online, you know, Disney fans have it. I don't know how they get it. But I was able to find some of the underscores. And the one that I love is that Western part where it goes, dee-dee-dee-dee. Yep. And you feel like you're, you know, in Hopping the along with the, on a oh. horse, just clopping along. Yeah, I know what you're talking it's about. It's so good. Yeah, so that was from um, the Disney, uh, not the Legacy and Song. So at... Downtown Disney, they used to have a kiosk where you could fill a CD full of Parks music for like 19 Wait, bucks. when was this? Wait, it was, it was called It was called Disney Forever, and they had a Disneyland Forever, too. You never heard of that? No, So no. a company, so, okay, what? sidebar. So a company called Red Dot Interactive partnered with Disney, and they had like five or six, like, touchscreen kiosks, but where guest relations used to be at Downtown Disney, which is now, I don't know, it's like, I think it's where the co-op is. Um, okay off to the side and there were five kiosks and you like picked like out of like 500 or 600 songs you picked a cd's worth of music however would fit on 60 minutes and then it would cost you i think it would cost 15 dollars or 14 dollars and i would blow like paycheck after paycheck and just compiling i have almost the entire collection uh oh my gosh and and then so the same thing happened with disneyland but somebody I guess worked for the company, got every single track and put it on like mouse bits like 15 years ago. And then I, so people, we all downloaded that. So it's even like your kiosk is out of paper, you know, or something like, please choose another track. Like they even have those kind of like prompts that the, that the kiosks would tell you, even those sound bites would be in there, but it had all of the, it had all the American adventure. It had like, and they were like 30 second clips of like dog fighting newsreel, Yosemite, um, the old West, uh, spirit of uh, new invention or spirit of innovation or something like that. When they're at the Joseph too, and everything. Oh gosh. I want that. Do you have it? (laughs) I'm sure I do. I'm sure I do. And, and, and and the uh, jewel scene from great. (laughs) I will track it down. When AJ and I were talking, I, we were talking about this. I was looking at my screen. I think I'm up to like 110,000 different sound bites from Disney. Oh my music, gosh. music, sound effects, You're my voiceover stuff. Now. What help? <laughs> it helps when you work in like audio because you you know people who also work in audio. Like I know someone who didn't work at the archives, but they like archived stuff at Walt Disney World mm-hmm. for audio and video, and so they sent me a bunch of stuff too. And um, when you have the, the, you have the, the connection, yeah. I love it. <laughs> okay, so what did we say? So for World Showcase, we're saying... Barbie. <laughs> okay, fine. That's yours. Go for it. Um, uh, uh, the Norway song. Yes. Uh, oh, Canada. Yes. Uh, wait, wait. The original? The, the original. Okay, not original. that crummy new one. No, yes. Okay. I, although, although, I will say the original, she's not pronouncing the French, the French correctly at all. The newer one, she is. 
because she's Canadian French. So she that that singer knew how to sing it. Gotcha. Um, so that's three. Um, uh, I love the Yosemite tracks. So I'm going to go with that from uh, uh, Golden okay. Dream. Yep. And I love the music that plays around. Um, I'll say the France area. I was walking around there before dinner, and I heard Hunchback, and I was like, "Let's go, let's do it." Yeah, I love great. it. So I love I love that. I'll I'll pick that. Okay. <laughs> I I'm going. You're close. No Barbie, because that's ridiculous. Uh, that's a ridiculous <laughs> choice. Um, my, my Barbie shirt's on in the Ambassador <laughs> Friendship. <laughs> she's really wearing it, you guys. It's disturbing. Uh, impressions of France, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I do love Mexico. I like the original Mexico a little bit more. Yeah. La, 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 la. Like, that's very, feels very, like, you, you, you know, specific to the country. Canada, of course. Um, and then I, I think, I, I can't do Future World. I just, I can't do it. There's too many. It's hard. There's yeah. too many. That's uh, interventions, one. the Spaceship Earth track I told you about, yeah. Food Rocks. Wait, wait, is Future World, are we counting that, like, the land? Are we counting the land? Yeah, the land's Future World. Okay, I didn't know for sure. Uh, food Rocks, um, the barn music from the Living with the Land. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, um, oh, gosh, the original Test Track music. Yes. I love that. That was, like, workout music for me. It's like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, then you'll love Rocket Rods. When you go listen to that one, <laughs> I, yeah, I have to. I, I put that on my list. I gotta listen to it. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. Okay, and then <laughs> closing it out with the studios. Okay, studios. Well, this is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Voyage of the Little Mermaid, definitely. I just love that show. So, the opening music is so pretty. I just mm-hmm. it gets you all pumped with the water starts coming down. So I love that. Um, uh, I, I love the great movie ride. I think the music that I love is that, is that, uh, I, hooray for Hollywood. I'll just go with that because I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I love the music in front of the great movie ride. I love that. Um, I really enjoy the Beauty and the Beast show. So I would go with, um, the something there segment. I love that song. So I love that one. And, um, I'll go, actually, I'm going to take that away. No, I want, the Mulan parade, and I want the the, the stars and motor cars music. There you go. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, then it, then I have like thirty minutes of you know going around the island, <laughs> just <laughs> doing my parade. <laughs> I I'm I'm with you on that one. Okay, uh, for me, studios entrance to the movie ride, it's perfect. Right, that's yeah. the best. Mickey Avenue is another good one. Uh, the Brown Derby, the original Brown Derby music, the old like jazz swing big inside band inside or outside of it inside okay and that because that um, that was like the original recordings and then it then they did like these really horrible re-recordings and it sounded like a studio musicians with like the drums aren't recorded right and the band just doesn't sound doesn't sound good yeah and then what's that three and then sunset i'm gonna go with sunset yeah sunset's so pretty yep and then oh man the, oh, duh. I'm going to go with uh, Hunchback in Notre Dame, the greatest stage show ever created at Walt Disney World. Hunchback. Oh, hun- oh my God. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think It was so good. It w- I think it would have stayed if it was an indoor theater, maybe. Yep. <laughs> I-, I wish it had. Like, that was... That was so sad. I found video footage actually recently of my dad filming me in front of the movie theater, uh, the, the theater, and uh, it, there was nothing there. It was just the set. 
and uh, they said no more shows, no shows today, and we didn't uh, we didn't know they had closed it. So we were so sad. <laughs> I had a lot of friends in that show, and uh, it, I even would even go like after work if I worked in the morning, I would go catch the last few shows of the day, mm-hmm. hang out backstage with the folks, and then just sit and listen to like the performers. It was unbelievable. Mm. Uh, I know. I I I miss that show so much. I wish they, they could bring it back. <laughs> they should. I mean, Hunchback was such a kind of a, you know, didn't really do so hot, but it was so good. The music was. The music is brilliant. Yeah. yeah they, they 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 couldn't find a way to bring it to Broadway because it, would, it they needed too many people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish they could. <clears throat> well, I hate to wrap it up because I can talk for music all day long. Um, I know. But we're we're. <laughs> nearing the end of the record the needle is going to bounce off the record if we keep talking uh it's going to be no more room so i would love tammy in um to wrap this up you've got some stuff going on and i want yes. everyone to know about what you're doing i i five years ago i released an album called you'll find me on main street where i chose seven songs that meant a lot to me when i was growing up um to sing and perform and cover so i did a couple songs i did I did celebrate the future hand in hand from the millennium celebration. And that was just so much fun to do. And strangers like me from Tarzan rocks. And, and, and then I did a medley of new horizons and tomorrow's child, which is, uh, I get, I, I hear more about that track than anything from my album mm-hmm. all the time. Cause it's on Spotify now and people really enjoy it. So I, I'm, I thought, well, you know what? I think it would be great to do a new album. Uh, Disney never released a 50th anniversary album. So I thought, well, maybe I can hop in here and do 10 songs this time, <laughs> uh, 10 covers. And one would be an original song that I would write cool. because I'm also a songwriter. And um, so I have my, I have my list picked out. I'm getting approval from Disney right now, but I need to hit the goal on my Indiegogo campaign by July 10th. So um, I'm just asking if people can donate and, and when you donate, you actually get a perk. So if you donated $20, you are guaranteed to get a digital copy of the album uh, if we hit the goal. Mm-hmm. And the album would be released like next April of 2023. Um, you could go for something like a $100 a donation and you'll get a, a theme park, uh, you'll get a, a shirt based on the album along with a physical copy of the album and a poster and a digital copy. So there, there are different tiers to what you can donate. Um, anything is so supportive and helpful. Um, so that's my kind of my spiel. Just go to Indiegogo.com and you could type in my name, Tammy Tucky, or you can go to my website at TammyTucky.com and the trailer is right on the front page with a button right below it that says donate now. So if you can help out and donate by July 10th, and um, by, by, by midnight, July 10th, <laughs> that would be great. We're almost halfway there. So I'm hoping this live show tomorrow night uh, helps, you know, bring in a, a couple more dollars. <laughs> well, that's terrific. I, I will help out any way that I can. Can you, you can't give any hints as to what might be on the album? I, I can't be because they have to approve of it. And mm-hmm. I have three backups. So the problem is that they have to clear and make sure that these songs have been officially released as an album, as right. a song, yeah. you know, and, um, and, and it's taking a little bit longer than usual to hear back. I'm sure it's because of everything, the craziness of COVID. So I did give them my list. I have it. Um, what will happen is if we do hit the goal by July 10th, Indiegogo allows me to update you guys on what's going on. And and I'm going to be filming and documenting the entire process. And slowly but surely, I will release 
the name of the track, the name of the album. You know, I want to do like those, you know, surprise releases and things like that. So Mm -hmm. it would be coming. Um, But first, you know, we have to get the approval (laughs) and get the the funding. (laughs) But but I guarantee you it's from all four parks um, from Walt Disney World themed based. Um, And uh, I I think you'll like the selection I picked. I did ask a lot of people what they would like. And uh, I I took a lot of that into consideration. So that's a little little hint. (laughs) Well, as long as it's not all, you know, food rocks and Barbie, then uh, I think we'll be fine. I can't comment. (laughs) Wink. (laughs) Well, it's been really, really exciting talking to you. Um, again, like, I, I just love being able to talk music with people who kind of get the deeper meaning of, of music. They um, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, whether performer or, or a composer or whatever. Um, so this was a lot of fun. I hope you had fun, too. Oh, and, I had so – it's nice to uh, finally meet you. You yeah, know, not in so. person, but, like, visually because we tweet all the time. It's mm-hmm. been – because I followed you since the beginning, like when you created your your podcast and your Twitter account. So I just love everything you post because you really do care. And it was, and maybe I I did see you as a kid when you performed in Tapestry. So <laughs> you know, it's like full circle, right? <laughs> maybe I still see like YouTube videos of me like as a gangster and you know videos That's and things cool. like that. Yeah. So I could have seen you as a gangster. Who knows? Who knows? I worked <laughs> everywhere, but it really was. Uh, Real was a pleasure speaking with you. So everybody, go check out Tammy's Indiegogo. Support it if you can, and uh, and we will definitely have you back on to talk more music. Oh, sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> Thanks, Tammy. Bye. Right. So that's our show. Again, I'd like to thank Tammy for coming on and spending some time with me talking about some Disney parks music. I love it, love it, love it so much. It is truly my my favorite part of of visiting the theme parks even to this day. Um, So I hope you enjoyed uh, listening as much as I enjoyed recording this episode. You can always find me on Twitter at WDWTales. You can find me on Instagram, WDWTales. You can find me at WDWTales.com. And this podcast is slowly but surely being pushed out to more podcast networks. Obviously, you can find me on iTunes and on Podbean, Stitcher, Uh, but I look forward to our next episode and I'll see you next time.